do it. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Built Elite Training Podcast. It is your host and head coach, Isaiah Bowick. I hope you are having the best day of your life. It is Thursday here in Minnesota, and the temperature is dropping, and I am cold, you guys. I am freezing. Um, if you are in the southern states, God bless you. I hope you are enjoying that sun, but we are just getting into that cold season, and uh, it is what it is. The, the sun is um, getting, it's just getting darker. It's like five o'clock. And uh, things are just not uh, not swinging by for me. I'm not liking it, but it is what it is. So guys, today in episode uh, 23, I'm going to be talking about why your energy is poor in the gym, why it is so important you guys are taking your nutrition um, and your lifestyle so seriously, because I see it all the time. People want to build muscle. They want to see and they want to look good within their physique, but they're failing each day throughout each time during the week missing meals, not getting their sleep, not getting um, adequate amount of um, certain supplements and overall mindset just continue to go down and they're not seeing the results that they want. So you guys, here's a couple of questions I want to ask you um, during the process, during this process, do you feel like you're always tired in between sets? This is kind of a big thing um, where people go into the session, they're fatigued, they're tired, they're, they're just not doing what they need to do during that session. And sometimes that can be just complete laziness, but a lot of times it's going to be due to lifestyle factors that you're not actually performing in a position that you should be performing. Uh, maybe you take pre-workout, but you still don't feel like it's kicking in. This is something that I've seen a lot. People, um, they even take a pre-workout, 250 megs, 300 megs, and they, they're still not even ready for that, you know, workout. They are, tired, they're still fatigued, um, and they're just putting more stress on their body, dosing all these scoops of, of pre-workout, which at the end is just going to be negative results, negative feedback. Um, do your pumps go down? You know, do you feel drained after for the first couple sets? This is another really big thing that when you are training, your, your pumps go down, you, you go in, you're training, you're trying to get a good blood, good blood flow in, and uh, things are just not getting to where you want to be. Okay. And these are signs and these are things that you need to be asking yourself every week, every day. Um, okay. I have these signs. Why? What is going on? Okay. Very important questions you need to ask yourself each time you go into your session. Um, and you see, if you really want to maximize fat loss and or muscle growth, growing muscle, you need the performance in the gym to be high. Okay. And, and I'm going to explain this, you guys, I'm going to explain this. All right. But first off, let's break down what lifestyle factors can affect poor performance in the gym. Number one, okay, number one, if you're driving, don't write this down. But if you are wanting to learn, you're wanting to get educated around these things, I want you to write this down. Let me know what you've learned. But number one, poor sleep. Okay, poor sleep. Without deep and REM sleep, our bodies will have a harder time repairing, restoring, and giving us the tools we need to hit hard sessions. Straight up, you guys. Poor sleep can cause a hormonal release called cortisol. And I've talked about that a lot. I'm going to be doing down the road deep dives on just that stress hormone because I'm super passionate about that hormone. And unfortunately, I've seen this hormone really damage people. And it's not just in the muscle building world. It's in the disease world and cancer. And uh, it's an ongoing thing. People having very uh, poor and are too high of stress. 
But poor sleep can cause a hormonal release called cortisol that can cause damaging effects on our muscles, including a decrease, um, decrease in healing over a week period of, of training, slow recovery, body aches, soreness. Um, it just will not help us for the performance in the gym. Okay. And like I just mentioned above, if stress is high, which is another big thing, if stress is high and chronic, your performance in the gym is just going to suffer you guys, no matter what's going on in life. If you are trying to do a three-day split, four-day split, five-day split, you're trying to get your nutrition, you're trying to get everything squared away. If your stress is constantly chronic, 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 you are going to suffer. It is just how the body is. You are constantly in this sympathetic fight or flight state. Your body just thinks I'm getting chased by a bear. I'm getting chased by a bear. I'm, I'm getting chased by a bear. And it's just this constant push. Okay. And so it will decrease insulin sensitivity um, as well in what we need for glucose to enter the cell cognitive decline, i.e. lower blood flow to the brain. I've talked about this so many times about um, you guys with high stress, one of the reasons why you're always feeling not motivated to train is because your stress is so high, that's going to shut off parts of your brain, like your prefrontal cortex to get blood flow to those points. And that's kind of where, and I've actually experienced this, experienced this, you guys, in so many ways, there was a part of my life that I was going through a lot of depression and a lot of uh, anger and whatnot, just with the things that I was going with my life. And my stress was so high. You guys, my workouts were awful. I, I felt so fatigued, so tired. I was always bloated. I was always having issues. My digestion was off. It was just not good. Uh, but it can cause low blood flow to the brain and uh, just not wanting and not feeling like you have that effort to train. Okay. Um, it may also downregulate your metabolic rate. Your thyroid can cause, it can cause slower progress than you want. And this is another big thing I've seen with cortisol or chronic stress, that downregulation, your body saying, okay, I'm really stressed. I'm not going to, I'm going to shut these processes off and my metabolic rate is going to slow down. And this is something you guys, um, just how the body works. Okay. It's going to adapt to what it is, what's going on with your environment around you. Okay. Number three, this is a big one. Um, and, and you gotta have context in this because there's a lot of people, and I'm going to be talking about this, but a lot of people will say like, Oh, I'm overtraining. I'm overtraining. Um, and there's a lot of signs to this, but Overtraining is it's a thing. Um, I think some people think that they're overtraining, but normally it's the two uh, lifestyle factors above that I just talked about: bad, poor sleep, and high stress that is causing them not to recover. It's not really the overtraining, um, but it is a thing. Uh, but typically, it's it's the two above. Okay, those are the cornerstone of the issues. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, but overtraining, it happens, and I've I've done it before. I've done it multiple times in my own training, but it's pretty much push, pushing past that sweet spot. And I've talked about that sweet spot when it comes to your volume and, and where your RIR should be as you're progressing within your hypertrophy. But as studies have talked about this inverted V curve, you can hit that sweet spot, think you need more, more, more. You're just putting on more volume, maybe putting on more intensity. Um, when I say intensity, I'm talking about load. And then you find yourself falling back on sets, reps, and overall load. You're just putting too much. You're sprinkling way too much on the plate. And this can be very frustrating. And it sometimes is just an ego thing that I, I had to learn that in the past. You think, okay, I'm going to do more. I've had this with, with clients that I first started with when they're, they're starting their prime phase. They're starting their first mesocycle. And they're like, yeah, 
well, I just hit an extra five sets on the bench. And I ask them, well, why? And they think, well, I need to do more. No, you don't need to do more. You need to start where we, what we're doing at this moment and slowly work your way up because that's where overtraining can occur is when you're putting too much stress on the body, too much volume, too much intensity, and you're going to find yourself overtraining and your body isn't going uh, to recover the way that you want to. And this is kind of where a deload can be brought in. And this is very dependent on the individual. This is going to be dependent on their goals, where they are in their training and so forth. Um, but this is where you need to ask yourself, what kind of mesocycle am I doing? Strength or hypertrophy? You know, there are different rep ranges, RIR sets that I've talked about. I have a podcast on the RIR intensity sets, your load that will cause more damage to the central nervous system and overall muscle uh, fatigue. And will give you two steps back, you know, example, barbell deadlift, that's going to be extremely taxing on that posterior chain, where if you're doing a line barbell bench press, you know, yes, it's a compound lift, but it's not going to be as taxing. This is kind of where um, program design comes into play, understanding what, uh, what fits you, what fits your lifestyle, what fits your uh, profile accommodating resistance to that profile and making sure that you're picking the right movements and not just doing the movements that some bodybuilder magazine or some YouTuber said, Hey, I want you to do four sets of 15, every set to failure. I've seen that it's a no go. And you need to understand. Sometimes you need to experience these things to learn them. I, the way I have learned is trial and error, you guys. And, you know, now that I've been coaching for several, several, you know, five to six years of coaching and now being a full-time online coach, I'm able to help my clients never get to that spot um, and, and being able to see those warning signs. But I'm hoping I can help you guys through this podcast, find those warning signs so you can continue to progress. Um, and I say this, you know, you take, you know, taking two steps back so you can take one to two steps forward. Sometimes you feel like, oh, I want to do more, more, more. I feel like I'm taking a step back if I don't do more coach. But if you do more at times, you can find yourself actually taking a couple steps back and you're not actually going to that next level. And that's why it is so important. That's why I do check-ins every week with my, my clients and I'm able to make those right adjustments and even to my own mesocycle. And as I go into prep, making sure I'm doing that. So now guys, we talked about some of those lifestyle things diving deep. All right. Now we're going to break down the reason why you need to take that pre post and 24 hour period of, of nutrition so seriously. And why, you know, if you're not taking that serious, you're going to have that poor, poor performance in the gym. Okay. So why pre-workout nutrition is important for muscle growth. And I'm, I'm specifically talking about uh, a macronutrient here. And it's carbohydrates. So you carbophobes out there that are like, oh, I don't like carbs. This might not be your, your podcast because I'm going to break down why we need carbohydrates for performance. Okay. And carbs, number one, carbs help activate muscle protein synthesis. Carbs and the insulin production they lead to will increase mTOR expression from the training. Okay. So if you can consume carbs pre or intra workout, um, the mTOR will be activated more than if you don't. And the more you activate mTOR, the greater your increase of protein synthesis will be from the workout. This is important for natural lifters who need to trigger muscle, trigger muscle protein synthesis with their lifting sessions. Okay, guys, it's very important that you're taking that serious and that you're pushing into, I need to, I need to take these carbs seriously. I need this for protein synthesis, especially if I'm serious about growing and seeing muscle growth. Okay. Number two, 
carbs and cortisol. Okay, I've talked about this few times about it, but it's really important that you guys understand that carbs around the workout also have uh, benefits positively for muscle growth. You have to get that in your head. Carbohydrates is a good thing. We need them. And, and carbs, you know, before and or during the workout, which I've talked about, will decrease. It's going to actually decrease cortisol release. Um, during the session, cortisol's main function is to mobilize nutrients to fuel the workout. And while lifting, glucose is the most efficient fuel source. Okay. The more fuel you need to mobilize, the greater the cortisol production will be. Does that sound good? I don't, I don't know. If you provide easily, we want to get those carbs absorbed into the body before or during the workout, you'll have less need to mobilize stored glycogen, um, which actually means you don't need to pump out as much cortisol. Less cortisol means more muscle growth. And like I was talking to you guys about in the top, it's really important that um, you guys are taking that in, you're pushing that in, and you're seeing the results that you want to see. And then the other really big thing here, you guys, is carbs and uh, IGF-1 levels, okay? Now, low-carb diets lead to lower levels of systemic IGF-1, okay? This is well-documented in many studies. It's likely because in order to produce a large amount of IGF-1, you need both growth hormone and insulin, which I was just talking about, carbohydrates, insulin, right? They don't necessarily need to be present at the same time, but there is one theory that insulin makes the, um, the liver more sensitive to producing IGF-1 with growth hormone as uh, growth hormone is released. And the reason why this is important is because IGF-1 is the most anabolic hormone in the body. Um, and you don't need a huge amount of carbs. Again, this is going to be dependent on the person, but enough to stimulate insulin release once or twice a day, dependent on the person. This is just a broad range here, just saying, um, will certainly help with the muscle building process. And it's going to help with the performance side of things, you guys. And you feeling like, oh, I have so much, I have poor performance. I have poor performance. You have to dive into these reasons. We've got to look at that nutrition. We've got to look at all those biofeedback markers to see if we need to make those adjustments. Um, with pre-workouts being so important, you also need post Post-workout is serious as well, you guys. It's going to help with that performance into the next day. Um, if you're serious about muscle building, you need complete protein sources to activate muscle protein synthesis and receive EAAs like leucine um, for that to occur. And, and this is one reason also why people fail to have good performance in the gym because they miss times for protein um, for, for recovery. And you going into a hard session, you train hard, you create a reason for adaptation to occur. You're saying you're doing a dumbbell chest press, leg extensions, um, lat pull down, you know, each, each movement, here's for an example, out of three sets, two of those sets are at an RAR of one. And you have added five pounds to each movement, right? You're telling your body, hey, there's got to be an adaptation. This is harder. This is harder this week. You come home, you miss your protein, or you don't, you miss a meal throughout that, that window, that period after your workout to the end of the night, you're just not being serious, or you're going to have some 
uh, fast food that's going to not even get to that protein count, you guys, that is going to be a lot of negative feedback to you. And you're going to find yourself within that 24 hours. The next day, you are going to feel that in the workout. I've done that before. And I've actually purposely have done that before. Like, hey, I'm going to train really hard. And I'm going to have kind of crappy meals at the, um, the rest of the day. And I just want to see how my performance is. Guys, I've done these experience uh, experiments on myself because I want to help you and I want to educate you guys on the reason why you shouldn't do that. I've seen this with my clients. I've seen clients go from um, 50 pound dumbbell presses to 30 pound dumbbell presses acting like they are the hardest things because of that nutrition after the workout not being there. And so guys, it's really important that you're taking that um, in consideration and you're telling yourself every single day, hey, here are the questions that we have for poor, poor performance. And these are the reasons why I might be having these poor performances, okay? So as we've gone through all that, you guys, I wanna now talk a little bit about what are some good examples of a solid pre and post-workout meal, okay? Now, everybody's different. There are people that are in cutting phases, uh, surplus bulking phases, maintenance phases. Uh, there's some of you listening to this right now. You're like, yo, I've never tracked a macro in the day of my life. I don't know what you're talking about. And you want to learn, reach out to me at Built Elite Training and we'll talk. But I want to start off by talking about this pre-workout. So typically, again, this is a wide range, but anywhere between 20 to 50 grams of fast acting protein source. Fat muscle project, whey isolate is my go-to, 100% whey isolate. It's fast liquid uh, protein source, boom. It's going to get right into the bloodstream. Carbohydrates are going to range anywhere between 20 uh, to 100 grams. Again, this is very dependent on the individual and where they are and their goals, okay? Um, carbs such as like an oatmeal and berries mixed together is one of my solid go-tos. I love that. Um, or like cream of rice and put a little bit of cinnamon on there. You know, if you're in the off season, put a little bit of honey. It really depends on where you are. Um, and going into your post-workout, again, 20 to 50 grams of a complete protein source. Okay, so understand that this can be a liquid. You can do, again, one to two scoops of whey isolate after your workout, but I prefer a solid source like ground turkey or chicken. So I am feeling full. This is gonna be also dependent. Like if you're, if you're in a build phase, and you are already eating, for example, I'm eating right now about 4,000 calories and I'm eating about 250 to 260 um, grams of protein. I'm roughly at 1.5 gram per pound of body weight for my protein right now. Okay. I sometimes will do whey isolate because I'm tired of eating ground turkey and chicken. But when you are definitely in a cut phase, your body is going to be changing. You are going to be getting hungrier. So it is also very important that you are chewing and more filling sources of complete proteins like ground turkey or chicken or some other source. Um, carbohydrates can range still from 20 uh, to 100, uh, but I enjoy more filling carbohydrates. If I'm in a cut, I like to do sweet potatoes or yams. That's going to make you feel a lot more filling than um, orange juice or some applesauce where in the off season, I might just do 30 to 40 grams of orange juice, uh, post just because I'm just tired of chewing food. So you have to understand you guys that the seasons of nutrition matter and your goals and where your lifestyle is matters. But 
Like I said, if your carbs are high, like plus 300, for example, I'm at 500 grams of carbs a day right now. I will sometimes do jasmine rice or brown rice. I will still keep sweet potatoes in there just because of the gut health, gut microbiome, um, and making sure I'm getting fiber. So I have good digestion. Cause that's another really big thing. And actually a great topic down the road about gut health. Um, especially when you come off of a cut and you come off of contest prep, how your gut health plays a huge role as you're doing a reverse diet. I've seen it in myself and also people that, um, their gut health goes to just whack after a, um, of, of a show or a, after a long period of a cut, losing 30, 40, 50 pounds, and they start adding in more food and, um, they are not doing the proper nutrients to keep their gut microbiome healthy. Okay, guys. So we covered a lot today, folks, um, and I appreciate you tuning in. I broke down some of the lifestyle factors. I broke down the reason why carbohydrates are so important for pre and post. And um, I want you guys to have insane workouts. I want you going into your workouts every day feeling amazing. You know, the worst thing you want is going into a workout and feeling like you're living on 1200 calories and you're super fatigued. You want to always be going into that workout ready, amped, and ready just to attack those sets, attack your mesocycle, cycle, and attack whatever goal you have. And so, guys, if you found value in today's podcast, I appreciate you. Everyone that was tuning in on the Instagram Live, um, the Facebook Live, I appreciate you. I'm going to be doing these guys twice a week, bringing as much value as I can. And uh, if you found value in today's podcast, if you're listening um, or you're on the live, screenshot it, share it to your uh, social media page, tag me in it at Built Elite Training, and um, we will be bringing out a lot more value down the road. Hope you have the best day of your life, and we'll talk soon.